welcome to Ride to Success. Today, I had the pleasure of chatting with co-owner and co-founder of AG Insurance Sodal Women's Pro Team. In the world of professional cycling, few names resonate with impact and dedication to growth and equality as Natasha Naven de Ogden. Her journey from an athlete to the forefront of women's cycling advocacy and team management is a testament to her unwavering commitment to the sport. Her story reveals the depth of her experience and vision for the future of women's cycling. But before we get into the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, please subscribe and follow Ride to Success podcast. It helps us to grow immensely and I'll be forever grateful. Thanks. Now back to the podcast. Welcome to Ride to Success. Natasha, it's an honor to having you here. You are the brains, the motivator and the passion behind AG Insurance Sodal Women's Cycling Team. I have the privilege to have this conversation with you and I want to start it by reading a quote um, that you shared on social media um, that I think is quite relevant for the conversation. It reads like this. When you are chasing a vision and working hard to reach a goal, nothing refreshes you, much, you as much as progress. How, this, how does this quote um, inspires you? Let, let's start with that, because I think that will give us a bit more understanding of you as a person. Yeah, me as a person, yeah, sometimes people don't understand me quite well. Uh, once a journalist said to me, yeah, your, your vision is five years ahead of uh, how a lot of people think. And they uh, probably they, they don't understand you in, in how, how you think. Um, I think very white. I, I think, I don't know, with, because it's just me. But when you have a vision like um, in women's cycling, you have to build from the base. And you don't build a house by starting with the roof. And uh, that's, the, exactly. that's the thing what's now a bit is happening. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of money is put in the top of women's cycling, but you, the the yeah the the thing is that the, the possibility is there that you tear the the the, the roof from the rest, and then in yeah. a few years' time you don't have a wider top level riders, but uh, just the same exactly. as now. It's just five six top level riders, and the rest doesn't come because you don't invest in the base. And my vision is is exactly that. So put money in the base, create a, a wider range of top level riders for the future for five six years in five six years time, and then you build women's cycling from from the ground, and it's it's more sustainable also to to invest in the in the base and in the walls. And don't uh, not not only in the roof, but when you see the progress of that and see other teams also investing in development teams, and yeah. more and more UCI is seeing for uh, yeah, that's that's really what's necessary now. So uh, more and more U23 level uh, races only uh, accessible for U23 um, uh, riders. It's really necessary to build up women's cycling from the base and make it yeah. sustainable. Yeah, and that's mm -hmm. that quote. Whether what I shared, it's it refreshes you because it's it's also um, letting you see that maybe you are right in your vision. Yeah, 
Well, that's the sign of a leader. It's uh, when you have a vision, not necessarily everyone will understand it, but you know deep in yourself that that's where things need to go. That's where you want to go. And you try to bring people along with you. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think that's the quality of leadership. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I want to, so obviously there is, there is uh, something here that we need to take a take a few years back to better understand how you know kind of this vision. You were a professional athlete um, in in your youth, um, so can you share a bit of your earliest memories of cycling and what inspired you to pursue it? Professionally, uh, when I was young, I was nine years old, and uh, I always uh, was supporting my little brother. He was exactly one year younger than me, and uh, I I always asked my father, "Why can I do that too?" So no, no, it's nothing for girls, you know. So and back in that time, it was still in a competition that you don't always uh, have to compete every week. So one day he was ill, and I thought, "Oh, he ill." <laughs> he is ill, then I can compete. So my mom said, okay, you will go. And there were 48 riders at the start. line. was a cross race. Uh, it was raining. Uh -huh. And uh, I never forget that because I, I, I became ninth. Uh, and I was, yeah, I was lost for the sport, you know, if not lost for the sport, but I was, yeah, I lost my heart to the sport. You like that? My dad bought a bike for me and then, yeah, the, the rest is history. Yeah. Do you want to, to uh, perhaps give us a bit of the highlights of um, of your career as an athlete? Because there, I think there is. I want to be able to for for the people listening to under, be able to understand that uh, the you know the depth of career you had and uh, for also you know the maybe com the comparison between then. And now, yeah, yeah. Back then, it was not you, you didn't earn money from it, you know. So, I I always say maybe the passion with women uh, cyclists is is bigger or higher or how do you call it than with men cyclists because they really love the sport with earning yeah. nothing, you know. Um, I was a member of the of the first uh, commercial. A team from Monique Knoll back then in that in that time she was the uh, the Olympic champion and she made wow. a, a commercial team uh, um, yeah what was uh, financed by uh, a candy store Yamin was a franchise uh, was really was really good uh, and yeah <laughs> before that I was a, a four times uh, cyclocross champion national elite uh, cyclocross champion and I, within my junior ranks I did also track cycling and multiple national um, titles, uh, mostly on pursuit and a second a silver medal on the Worlds. Uh, wow. There I met my, my husband in Moscow really long time mm -hmm. ago, five years. Uh, so <laughs> that's, uh, that's a really long time ago. Um, but in that, back in that time, yeah, what I said, you didn't earn money from it, but it was progressing. I, I quit cycling quite early on my 25th. Uh, because yeah, yeah, I was thinking back then I don't earn money with cycling and I think mm. I'm better step in my, uh, 
another career like a physiotherapist. Mm -hmm. So I think there, yeah, there's clearly a difference between then and now. Um, now, the, my question is, do you think that the, the sport for women in cycling has evolved enough from your time you were an athlete to now? Do you think the curve of development has been enough or do you think more needs to be done? Um, I, I think it's enough because it's step by step. And I really think when you see, when you, when you look at women's cycling, particularly um, women's cycling is there where men's cycling was 20 years ago. And we, right. we can't go, we can't go on the, to the same level in four or five years time, because it's not possible because there are not enough uh, companies who invest, who, who want to invest in women's cycling. Mm. Now it has to go step by step, but don't forget, to invest in the base because otherwise we have no cyclists anymore. That's a really important thing. Um, and I really think that we don't have to focus on the equality between men and women. And I think the focus is too, too harsh on that because there is no equality in women's cycling itself. And we first okay. have to work on that because when we still have a Tour de France of Swift, Tour de France uh, Femme of Swift, uh, with riders who earn tons of euros, and they are competing with uh, riders who earn 250 euros a month and have to have a job next to it. We have to put money in that. Right. And then I come back to what I always say we have to invest in the base to grow women's cycling and to have a five, six years time, a wider base on um, um, top level riders. So you have equality in women's cycling itself. Okay. So don't focus That's interesting. on pain, mm -hmm. equal pay. I know that we, we have the same pain as men on the bike. I know that, but don't compare us with, with men. We, we have to create our own legacy, you know? Definitely. And so maybe, it's, um, maybe, sorry. sorry to interrupt because now, now, no, no. <laughs> now I'm on the roll. Uh, yeah, yeah, go for I, it. I really think that it, it's also time, I don't know how, but it's also time to, in, to, to, to look in, a, in, a, in another business model because women's cycling mm. now is growing, growing so fast, but maybe we don't have, we don't want, to do the same mistakes as men's cycling has. So to, to be so dependent on financial income from companies, maybe we as women's cycling have to do it different now with another business model. Yeah, that's, that's very, that's a very good point. Cause, uh, there is, uh, yeah, with the, if you look at other examples of football, for instance, where, um, there is a call for women's football, football to, to have a different business model. Um, and there are, there are strides being made towards changing, not, and looking as well at, uh, men's football and try not to repeat those same mistakes. Yeah. And the same, I think can be a, uh, applied to, uh, to women's cycling. Um, it's quite interesting what you said about the fact that there first needs to be equality at, at the top level 
where you can't you can't have professional riders competing against each other, but they have wildly different um, salaries. That's that's a or, or it puts it at, at a greater uh, disadvantage. Um, well, teams that have much lower budgets, um, which uh, it's kind of yeah, it's impossible to be competitive, I guess. Um, if you don't have that uh, budget, with if you don't have the the foundations, like you said, uh, to do so. Um, so, um, I want to pick up on that topic of the, the development, and um, because you 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 are quite an advocate of um, kind of your vision of promoting cycling from the ground up and building it up. So. Um, what have been the, the most significant barriers uh, to that you have encountered and to put in place uh, mm -hmm. grassroots initiatives, activities that can raise the profile of women's cycling and encourage more women into the sport? Yeah, I think uh, we come back to that. I think that's a financial part. I think a lot of women... Um, I had a talk this, this week with someone and he said, yeah, but when you earn like 2,500 euros a month, like a cyclist, that's it. You don't build anything and you, you fold your whole social life around that bike. Is it worthy to, to do that? Yeah. You know? I think a lot of people think like that. So, okay, so that seems to be a, a, a kind of a, a disparity between between what what can be achieved if there is no investment. So, what would how would how would you well how do you attract investment? How do you bring uh, brands towards uh, to invest? in women's cycling at a lower level than the professional? Yeah, I think firstly, broadcasting is key in this because uh, yeah, you have to have exposure in those um, um, smaller races, you know. Then it's, it's interesting for companies to invest in smaller uh, development teams or just smaller UCI teams who also develop talent because that's the, that's the base in women's cycling. Those continental teams are really, really um, important for the development and, and, and giving ground to, uh, to talent, you know. But when you see uh, World Tour teams get a starting fee, continental teams right. mostly don't. But in the past mm. years, when we focus on uh, equal start or equal price money, you know, then organizations don't have the money anymore to pay the starting fees. And who are the victims of that? These are, the, okay. those are yeah. the, the, the small continental teams. So <laughs> uh, yeah. there, there's, there's really a lot to have to be done. And it's, uh, it's really uh, in, in, in all layers of the sport, it, there has to be something to be done. And I come back again, there has to be equality in the sports in itself, not between when, men and women. We have to yeah. step away from that to focus on that because it's stupid. We are not ready. Women's sports not ready. 
Or women cycling okay. is not like that. Is Maybe it... other yeah. sports. Yeah. So, so the equality in women's sport is, are we talking about equal pay? Are we talking about a base payment or for all teams, for all athletes? That's a threshold that you cannot pay less than this amount. Is that what yeah. you uh, alluding to? Yeah, but that's the difficulty because when I say that, it, it we have to have companies that invest in the smaller teams, but it's not interesting because there's no broadcasting uh, for the races that those teams race. You know, it's more interesting to invest in a like an SD Works or in a Visma a Lisa bike or you know like the bigger teams with a. Uh, yeah, with, with the big names, because then you yeah. are sure to get the exposure. But that's the, the circle we are in. So that, that's the difficulty we are in. We have to have companies that believe in, uh, in building women's cycling from grounds up and not only focusing on that exposure, but that's the difficulty because they are also looking at the numbers. So broadcasting yeah. is key for this. Mm -hmm. Exposure to, to the sport. Yeah. So that you can attract more people to watch it and uh, young girls to look up to role models and to be inspired as well to, yeah. you know, I can do this. And then it kind of starts to be as uh, grow momentum uh, as yeah. it is already, but even more so for the, the, uh, the people listening, you have started uh, AG Insurance uh, Sodal uh, Women Cycling Team. How are you addressing these uh, inequality in women cycling? Yeah, first of all, uh, there's a bit of a history. In 2018, we started with a U19 team uh, because okay. we saw the, the gap between uh, juniors coming to the elite ranks and the top elite riders. We saw the, the gap increasing uh, rapidly um... uh, and we wanted to, to give... Yeah, talented junior riders already the professional environments, so to get a bit mm. of to get used to it, but also that the gap would be a bit less big, you know. Yeah. Um, so after that, in 2019, we started with a U23 team, uh, and we wanted to uh, learn them step by step professional racing on their own pace. So developing on their own pace, on their own level. So yeah, when, when we see which riders we had, we had Charlotte Cole, we had Misha Bredewold, we had Shari Bolsuit, uh, Nienke Vinke, Nienke Veenhoven. We had a lot of, uh, the, and they went to other mm. structures. That's also okay, but we gave them yeah. something in their development already. And I think that is what's now happening with more and more World Tour teams having a development team so they also can exchange yeah. riders and let them taste from a uh, level higher. That's a really mm -hmm. good uh, what's happening now. And that's also a bit what we pushed uh, to the outside to, to, to show uh, other teams how it should be, how women's cycling should yeah. be built step by step because then you that's the only way you build a wider range of top-level riders. Otherwise, you, you lose yes. such loads of talents because they mm. 
get demotivated because when they when you are uh, good at junior level winning races and you step up to elite level and it's only by thinking oh i hope i i can finish it's really demotivating yeah yeah exactly i need to you need that kind of ladder that like a, a progress a route to pro to to the elite level that is just rather than just doing a big leap from junior from under 18 yeah. to elite so that's kind of allows the athlete to grow as a person but in capacity as well um yeah it's so important and you see that across many other sports where there is a clear def defined um route towards yeah. uh elite level yeah we we work no. together with team ritger a danish uh, junior team um and uh, and yeah, there are a lot of U23 teams who, who uh, from Amer from uh, the United States and from Australia, who uh, yeah who are contacting uh, who contact contact me to um, yeah to to have to have calls to 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 talk with each other and uh, to exchange experiences and uh, and I think that's really good because then you grow women's cycling not only in Europe. But, but also yeah. wider, because it's not possible, what they always say, it's not possible that there's no talent in other countries than in only in European exactly, countries. Yeah, <laughs> we have yeah you just you have to, to f create the platform to yeah. for people to be open, to be to explore it. That's, that's I think that's with the... I, I gave yes. uh, Kim Lecour, she's a Mauritian rider, now Mauritius, what kind of cycling country that's that's nothing for cycling you know but she's really a big talent and i gave her a platform but now we have in our uh junior ranks also um uh, a greek girl she's from rhodos yeah she's mm -hmm. really a big talent and uh, i got her in our loop uh so she she's going to race with us yeah that's a talent and, uh... that i when I uh, mm -hmm. when I saw which I saw racing in uh, in the A of the European uh, Youth Olympic Games, and um. uh, and I said, hmm, that's a really good. She's good on the bike. She's good in the bike handling, uh, but I don't know that she uh, that that she knows how to race. And that's oh. what you see then. But she's very strong, mm -hmm. so I I like that kind of challenges to 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 of look course. for talent. Yeah. Uh, not only in the Belgian, Dutch, or of course, yes, yeah, yeah. There's more opportunities as well uh, yeah. if you look outside. There's also an important ta uh, aspect now that you're talking about developing talent. There's also an important aspect that uh, I think we need to talk about, which is the the mentorship and the education side of working with uh, under 19, under 23 athletes. How how is how have you been working with these young uh, women to make them like grow, help them grow as well-rounded individuals through mentorship and through educating? How have you been doing that? Yeah, what we what we really point out for them is that school is really really important. Education uh, mm -hmm. uh, be, behind uh, cycling of next to cycling is really important because what I tell our riders every time, you aren't a cyclist, you do cycling. And that's really a big difference. 
because when you identify what you're doing, you will throw yourself in the black hole after you finish, because then it's the question, yeah. who am I when I'm not a cyclist anymore? <laughs> so educate yourself. Mm, interesting. Explore your other talents. It's not only cycling in this world, you know, and that's what we tell them. And um, keep calm. Uh, don't focus on being a professional cyclist. It will come. It will come uh, at the time that it's right for you. Uh, so, and what we next to do that to do next to that is is educate them in uh, mental strength. Educate them in. Um, in uh, fueling their, themselves during training, uh, explain how to uh, take care of themselves, hy hygienic also, uh, on, on the pelvic floor with saddle soreness. We are quite new in that. Uh, I saw that little track followed us with, uh, with our uh, pelvic floor professor. So that's, uh, that's, that's really new in this, uh, especially for in women's cycling. Uh, and I think we are really doing good things in that for, for our young girls. And we al already see the difference how our U23 riders um, go around with fueling themselves um, in comparison to the older elite riders. Because they didn't get they are in their U23s or U19s. And we educate them already now that it's so important that's that's that um, i think it's important to point out that you are a cycling family you have four daughters uh, that in some way and that are involved in cycling as the fact that uh you have you have been raising and you've raised four daughters that they're now uh in different they have different involvements in cycling has that changed your mindset uh, has that changed, impacted the way you see a need to address the the inequality in cyc in women cycling? Mm, no, nah, um, I don't know if it's especially through the kids. the 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 project exists through the through our children, not for our children, because we saw what was happening in women's cycling because they were racing uh, at at. Uh, the, the youth levels and then we saw the problem because I don't know mm. if we were involved in women's cycling when we only had boys you know so <laughs> it's, it's, be, it's not for the kids that we um, build this project but it's true yeah mm -hmm. and so, so that's, interesting. I, that's also a big difference to, uh, to point out and um, yeah what I, what I, when I, when I raised my kids, I always said the same to them. So you aren't a cyclist. You, you are doing this, and if you don't like it anymore, just quit, and and start something to different to do. You know. So my eldest quit last year. She decided mm -hmm. that she is, she is not. She has the capabilities. She has the talent, but she has, she hasn't have the mindset. Uh, to be a top professional cyclist, so yeah, she's going to be a prosecutor. That's also okay, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the second uh, eldest, she uh, she quit cycling after her accident uh, that she had in the beginning of uh, last year, a training accident when she was also in also in a coma. For us, that was oh. also a really a big wow. shock. And uh, the biggest sure. fear from our parents to get a phone call from a police officer. Yes. Uh, 
tell you that your daughter is uh, with a trauma helicopter to uh, to a special right. brain hospital. Um, but she 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 misses cycling, so she she said to me last week, "I think I'm going to start again." So oh, yeah, that's also okay. <laughs> yeah, you know we we leave them because. Yeah. All of them have different talents, and that's exactly the same that I point out to to my other riders. You have different talents, so most yes, most our yeah, the most of our uh, riders are having a universal degree or studying uh, on a university or uh, or applied sciences applied sciences. So I think that's really important. Definitely, yeah, <laughs> that's, helps helps the the person. To grow uh, in a more well-rounded yeah. uh, and allows them to see the potential that they have uh, outside uh, just cycling so they don't have necessarily blinders on yeah. um, but can see the potential uh, for themselves it's a um, yeah it's kind of in interesting that kind of your journey also informed uh, is, is as a as a parent is informing how you you see the the the, the the pitfalls of the development the progression that you there is at the moment in women cycling from what you told me um, does does women cycling currently uh, in your perspective does does it address the broader community needs of uh, girls wanting to access a, the sport do, does women cycling do, do that at the moment do you think yeah in Belgium, for sure, the amount of uh, mm. of license holders is uh, four four times bigger, uh, with uh, Lotte Kopecky being world champion than before. I read, and uh, I also think that uh, Tour de France from Avex Swift is a, is a, is a is a big big major thing that made yeah. it uh, that made young girls more aware. I want this too. It's not only for the boys with the pogacar and uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's also now for for those little uh, Demi Vollerings. Um, yes, <laughs> who, who can dream now from a, from a career as as doing professional cycling. Yeah, I really think that's uh, that's uh, these are major events. Yeah, who made that? Uh, who made that? Yeah. That yeah, those the, these events definitely uh, well the, the the scale of them and the impact help to yeah. uh, for young girls to see the the potential in it. Uh, yeah. But it with that you also need to create the platform, the roadmap, the steps that allow them to see that okay. So I want to to try riding my bike because not all all every girl will know how to ride a bike. And yeah. this starts with children. You have to create the the facilities, the the, uh, the ideal support for that to grow, so that they can see that there is a progression route. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's also what we do, of course. In 2017, we started a foundation to create events for youth cycling uh, uh, to make it uh, to make children in uh, small villages more aware what is possible in cycling. So we created there. Uh, small races with real cyclists, you know, from uh, the eight mm. uh, the years eight till fourteen, 
and that we also started to create in that um, uh, small races for children in that villages on their own bike, just a normal school bike to race. But around that, see uh, children from their own age racing on real cycling, uh, real real race bikes. You know, so then yeah. you you inspire children also to go in a bike because COVID. Yeah, that's was very important. Big, yeah, COVID was a big thing in this uh, to uh, to decrease all the license holders. Uh, and I mm. hope it will increase again. Um, yeah. In a few years. What, what you, when you mean psych, uh, license holders, you mean uh, registered athletes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's very. Yeah, in the in the range of uh, years eight eight till fourteen. Because, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. That's very important. Uh, so, in in terms of in terms of the. Obviously, that is quite difficult to, from what you said, uh, to attract uh, sponsorship um, to the uh, because like their brands are not necessarily are seeing the the immediate rewards that through that that it, it comes with it. Do you have do you have a solution uh, for this problem? Do you have have you thought of how brands can how can women uh, teams attract brands or how businesses can support women cycling teams yeah yeah when you see Wasserman is is doing a lot of research to to that mm. and or uh, a research from them that uh, 45% of no 54% 54% of uh, the the um, defense from women cycling uh, are more aware of the brand that puts his or her name on on uh, on women's sport and is more likable to to also purchase that uh, that from that brand uh, and that's I thought in comparison to men's fans from uh, fans from men's cycling, it's I think it's a, it's a difference from I think twenty five percent or something. So that's that's a, that's big. So and I also read that when you put one euro in uh, women's sports, it gets you seven euro rewarded. Wow. So I, I I don't know why it's going so that that part so slowly for the for the base of the women's sports you know but yeah what i said earlier broadcasting is is a is a big major step in that broadcasting of the of the yeah the smaller races yeah that's that's uh, i mean if i mean if it gets seven uh, euros out of every euro invested into cycling uh, well if i mean that's massive that's a huge huge return on investment um makes you wonder why why are brands not um are not doing more uh, or um, is this is this something that uh, perhaps um the the organizations that support sort of the um, state organizations the uci is is this also on them to to do more to make um, um organizations broadcasts uh the women racing 
at uh, lower leagues, um, at lower levels. That's what I meant. Is that is this something that also it needs to be a, kind of a convergence of the regulatory bodies of cycling, uh, the teams themselves um, trying to work together towards making broadcasters, for instance, see the potential? Yeah, I think so. Um, because we can't do it alone, you know. And now I see a lot of uh, organizations or, for example, uh, Leijendal Koersen uh, should be the, the women's version of uh, E3, Saxo E3 Prize. Um, and it's cancelled. Um, because right. they wanted to be world tour. But it's such mm. an important race and a, a really difficult race because there's a lot of uh, altitude meters in it. Um, <clears throat> and now it's cancelled because they wanted to be world tour. Why? Because we won, the, we won last year with one of our Devo riders who... who uh, yeah, who won from four uh, uh, World Tour riders from the same team. You know, it was, it was a bit like the uh, Omlopend Nieuwsblad, uh, Ian Stannard with uh, four Quickstep riders. Also, yeah, the yeah. DS in the car, because Sebastian <laughs> was the car for Ian Stannard and now for Julia Kopecki from our team. So it was the, it was the same tactics. But uh, besides that, it's such a beautiful race. Why cancelling it? Because... You, you, yeah, it's it's about costs, and but when you stay 1.2 or 1.1, you are accessible for uh, a lot of smaller teams. It costs less money, and you really help to develop women's cycling. And yeah, it's it's all it's also a bit like the organizations have to understand that we need those kind of races for those smaller teams. But that, this, this is an example for what's happening in, in, in women's cycling. All those organizations want, want to be 1.0 pro or world tour, just stay 1.2 or 1.1. Because yeah, we but I think need that. It does make you think that, um, yeah, perhaps I, I'm only, uh, it's only my opinion, I'm only guessing here, but it suggests that perhaps those organizations they are looking for the world tour because they see that's where the money is. So they are trying to go to that level um, to try and also get uh, some some kind of profit out of it, um, which which then obviously leaves uh, development teams, lower uh, lower league teams, in more difficulty because they don't have uh, a place to to shine to develop. Mm. Now when you, when you when you create a world to race, you have to also have the world to uh, prize money. You know, then it's <laughs> price, so you have to raise more money. So it's more difficult to to organize it eventually. But when uh, organizers understand that with a 1.1 or 1.2 race, you really create the next future stars that you can say in three years' time when that rider won your race. And now it's winning to Flanders. <coughs> Sorry, you can you can also say, yeah, three years ago she won with us. You know, we create yeah. the next future stars mm -hmm. or help the next future yeah. stars to 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 race on a lower level on the and develop on their own pace and and race with yeah. their own level. Mm -hmm. 
is the i mean we're talking just racing i just wanted now that is there um a race for development teams for under 23 or under 19 that is um key in um in the sort of the women's racing calendar to help like to where you can see like find out the next next talent is there like a key group of races or at one race there where there is clear where you can see clear uh, talent yeah uh, in in Czech Republic we have two races there Krasia Olova and uh, Tour Femina. Um that's that's not French it's in Czech Republic and these are races where it's it's a uh, uh, it's a two point two I think, and there you 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 can you can see talent because they are racing from the same level to each other, uh, with each other and um, yeah, that the, these are two okay. races where I look at, and it's uh, yeah where talent uh, can can be spotted. Okay. I, I wanted to return to this. Um, to the the quote that I said at the beginning, uh, which is when you you obviously you obviously are seeing progression um, in the women's cycling. Um, and what goals and aspirations do you have um, for, as you said, uh, for for cycling, but for your for the team that you created um for cycling in general for women's cycling in general i hope yes. that we have in the in the future the specialists so that we all we always yeah we, we have it already a bit like the sprinters the climbers mm. but now we see that um we have the same winners in um uh, Liège, Pastoy Liège, as in uh, as in Tour Flanders, uh, for example. These are the same riders. And what I really want is that we have the specialists. So for the the Flemish classics, the 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 how do you go the South Belgium uh, classics like okay. Liège, Pastoy Liège, and uh, Flèche Wallon. Uh, but then also for the stage races like. Uh, uh, Tour de France of X Swift. Mm -hmm. That's what you see in cyclists uh, cycling. Uh, that there, that's really a difference, you know. Yeah, you 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 mentioned that um, that woman cycling doesn't need to have the same business model as the the men's uh, men's teams, the band cycling uh, teams. Yeah. Do you have do you have a, a a different option? Do you have a and a vision how that would how that could be different from the the, the men's side um no i don't know i don't know how it's, it's just a thought because i think it has okay. to be it has to be be different because you see the struggles in men's cycling so i really think that mm -hmm. women's cycling but but let us look at other sports you know how they do it yes. like in basketball, mm -hmm. like in uh, uh look at in in america how they promote women's sports not only cycling but because women's sports is growing in, uh, it, it rapidly but women's cycling stays a bit behind how how is it possible mm -hmm. how does it come because i think it's a, a bit of the old-fashioned way 
to put money in it. Is it is that related perhaps with the the I mean talking briefly about demand side is like they are reliant on sponsorship every yeah. year on a, and we, and they don't seem to have a model where they exist as, with the, as an entity yeah without a sponsor perhaps that's that's where the change needs to happen where yeah. teams can exist as a, as a as an identity without the without having to rely on a sponsor have that create that legacy yeah. uh, that is not uh, attached to a sponsor perhaps yeah that's so, what I'm, i mean that's, um... I, i don't know how <laughs> maybe you can help with this yeah i'm not i, I yeah not financial backgrounded enough to to put that in words how it should be then but i i guess there yeah, we... are a lot of people who can tell me how to do it yeah i would i think uh, yeah there there is definitely potential there's i think there needs to be as well uh willing there needs to be the people uh wanting to do it um and like yourself you already are being advocate of change and so it starts sometimes change is slow but it doesn't mean that it's not happening um so no. it, it steps in the right direction yeah absolutely yeah so there's a uh, there is another uh interesting question that um i think the You mentioned your vision uh, earlier on, your five-year vision. What is your vision for for the team that you help create? How do you see the team in five years' time? Um, I see the team in five... Or ten or so. Or so. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. You know, everyone says, yeah, our team has to be uh, in the top five of the best teams. Um in the world in points i think then but every everyone says that every team says that we want to be in the best five teams but you 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 can think about it what is the best being the best team is that only in mm. in in points or in how many races you win or is the best team um how you show yourself how to be inspiring other people or You know, so it's it's a big yeah. Let let us say let let me say I want to for my team to be the most inspiring team in the world. It's a very it's a very worthy uh, purpose for women uh, in general. As women in general, I think that leads me very very nicely onto um, my next question because uh, obviously the podcast is called Ride to Success. And you kind of already suggested to it, but I want to ask this question. What does success look like for you? Success looks like, for what, what it looks like for me is that every year uh, we, can, uh, we can have some U23 riders who also come from our U19 team to be in a World Tour team and uh, be the best version and can be the best version of themselves is that with us it's would be great but is that an environment that suits them better that's also great you know because it's not about me it's not about my team it's about women cycling in general 
And what I always say is that um, when we give our riders who were in our U19 project uh, and go to another team, um, they have some kind of mentality given from us. And when they can implement uh, something of, uh, of that in another team, it works like an oil spot, you know. So I really hope that that, that that's going to happen. And what you say is sometimes prog progression goes slow and development goes slow, but it goes somewhere, you know. You plant a seed somewhere and it starts growing. And yeah, that, yeah that's what I want. So, yeah, it's, it's also... That's some, a very good point. That, so, yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah some riders don't fit with us anymore during the years so i help them also to go to another team and uh, what suits them best or i advise them yeah maybe last year i had a rider in our development team and i said to her i really want to 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 have you in our team but i give you the time to also um, talk with other teams because maybe your feeling is better with another team and you can get another program what suits you better than that you get with us because it's about your development it's not about us it's about your development and she chose for another team and i'm happy for her it's it's really okay mm. and yeah that's that's very important yeah. yeah i said that's that's very that's very important yeah. Yeah. um i mean and the, and the, i think it's uh, quite crucial as well to pin the fact that you mentioned as well that you plant the seed and you can't expect it to collect the fruit immediately. You need to yeah. nurture it. You need to, well, to complete the metaphor, you need to water it and yeah. uh, nurture it so it grows and it blossoms. So the, it needs time. Time uh, is essential. The, um, so to, the, I think we come to conclusion to that conversation but not yet but i wanted to there's a tradition that i i started uh with the podcast which is every guest leaves a question for the next um so the question that was left for you um is the following what was your experience in your life that shaped you the most profoundly what was the experience in your life that shaped you the most? Oh, that's a very deep question, I think. Because the shaping, I think it's not one experience. It goes layer by layer, you know. It's shaping you. Um, it's like the same with clay. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you make something. Oh, that's, um, that's a really big one. Okay. I'm... I'm being very vulnerable now in 2014 i got a burnout a really severe one and maybe that's in my life the biggest thing that um that shaped me because that's that that gave me also the the, the push in my back to do to do it different and to yeah to experience things different i think that yeah thanks thanks for sharing that's um yeah, that's that's important to share as well because people listening will, will I think will relate to that experience being able to take stock of where what you have achieved and also understand that everyone has limitations and we need to see where we can address if we have a problem, 
and burning out is never a, never easy to deal with. So it's I think it's important to, for you to share. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because that's 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 also a thing what I give my uh, my riders with them. Because in 2014 I had that then, um, but I knew where it was coming from because it was coming from a top sports life. Living on the edge, living mm. on the border, going uh, uh, next to it, then recoup, you recuperate, and then again, you know, and you do it in your normal working life also because you think it's normal. And also saying, yeah. oh, yes, I will do that. Oh, yes, I will do that, you know. <laughs> and then, yeah. then suddenly it's it's over. So I also explain that to my riders, yeah. And when you get feedback from me, I, I, I said it to one of my riders. It's not about you as a person, but it's what you are doing. So you can change that. You can make another choice to do it different. And, you know, it's it's not criticism of, uh, on the way on your as a per on you as a person, but it's 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 feedback on what you're doing, what can be better. And then it's even Better. So that's 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 what I learned and shaped from 2014. Very good. So now is your time to think of um, a question that you would like to leave to my next guests. Um, and I don't know who it what, is. You don't know who it is, no. <laughs> what experience in your life shaped you to the person who you are now? Okay. Thank you, Natasha. It has been a great conversation. Um, there's a lot to take in and there's a lot to learnings that uh, people listening will be able to take from this. Okay, thank you, no problem. Wow, what a great conversation, Natasha. She's just an inspirational person. Her work really elevates the sport today and lays a foundation for a brighter and fairer future in women's cycling. I hope you learned a few things. I certainly did along the conversation. And make sure to tune in to my next podcast where Natasha's question will be answered by my next guest. Until then, thanks for listening and ride to success.